What is up, everybody? I am your host, Andrew Richardson, and this is Roll for Persuasion. Thank you guys for joining me. Uh, this is the D&D podcast where we go out into the community. I find cool people on Twitter, on Instagram, out in the world, and I uh, slide into their DMs, and I bug them until they uh, they say yeah, and they hop on a call with me. And I'm very excited about our guest today. Um, Ian, thank you, for, uh, thank you for joining me. Oh, you're very welcome. Thanks for having me. Absolutely, man. So um, for those of you who don't know, Ian is uh, Iron Tusk Painting on, on Instagram. On Twitter, you're, you're Tusk Painting, right? At Tusk Painting? Correct. And, and on Ian... On Twitter, it's... Uh, uh, sorry. No, uh, go for Twitter it. Twitter is um, Painting Tusk. Painting Tusk, at Painting Tusk. Yeah. Um, so there's a good chance if you are in the D&D community, if you have uh, paid, any, paid any attention to the social media at all, you've probably seen some of the stuff he's painted. Uh, we'll get into some of what he's done here in a little bit. Uh, but the first thing I noticed him on was the intro episode of the new campaign for Critical Role. You did all the minis for CR, and we'll definitely talk about that. But definitely go follow him because his stuff is awesome. I, I paint my own minis, and uh, and they are crayon scribbles next to what this guy does. So. I'm looking forward to digging into it, man, and kind of finding out, uh, you know, everything you got, you got going on. So, so real quick, just encapsulate, who is Ian Phillips? Like, what do you do? What's your background? Just let's dive into it. Ian Phillips, uh, tried to be a rock star many, many years ago and, uh, obviously didn't work out. <laughs> uh, went down the family route instead and the wife route. And, um, I was always painting miniatures, always in the background. I played D and D in high school. Um, a little bit of a, a story is uh, Ashley Johnson, who plays Yasha on Campaign 2 and Critical Role. I grew up with her. Oh, she awesome. was my uh, best friend in high school's younger sister. So uh, we would play D&D, and she calls nerds, and but then she's <laughs> like, can I play? I'm like, we're not, no, you can't play with us. Right, right. So, we're too uh, cool for you, Ashley Johnson. Yeah, well, it was the other way around. She worked a lot, and we were right. just always on, on set and lot with her um, and her family. I was always at the Johnson household growing up, and uh, her brother and I are still friends to this day. So it was just an interesting kind of circle, and I knew she was doing the critical role first season and stuff that our worlds weren't kind of collided at that point. And then uh, from there, I just kind of just, I've always been painting. I was always, um, when I was doing the, the music thing, it was always kind of a secret kind of thing where I like, you know, can't be a nerd and a cool rock musician. <laughs> right. And uh, yeah, you can call it that. And, but it was always on the down low. And then I, I kind of got out of that world and decided to corporate up and get a job and cut the hair and, and did that and slowly just painted and painted and painted. And um, I got another job where I worked IT for many years and when it was slow, I'd paint at night and cut a lot of teeth, uh, reach out to podcasts. And uh, before there was a lot of video um, playing and uh, volunteer to paint their minis, anything to kind of get my work and my name out there. I did a lot of free work for many, many years. Right. The the grind is real. It um, is real. So so jumping back. So you said you started playing in high school. So like what edition was that uh, D&D at the time? It had to be either. It was second. It was second. When I remember like the the red faux leather um, guidebooks, the fighter, the sure, thief, yeah, 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 the blue arms and armor, which was like my my bible. I just read that all the time. And then it was um, also Star Wars. It was a West End uh, West End Games edition uh, with the wild D6s uh, Star Wars game. That was our big jam too. That's awesome. That's awesome. So what was it uh, initially about D&D that, uh, that attracted? I mean, was it your idea to play? Did a buddy come to you and he was like, hey, dude, we should check this game out? Like, what got you going playing the game? 
I was in a at the mall and they had the red box edition first first run red box edition and it just looks so interesting so I had my dad got it for me and I opened up and read all the rules and I was like we gotta start playing this so Chris and I or it would uh, go ahead that was Ashley's brother um, would go ahead and just start playing and then we had another friend so it was only like four of us for many many years and then the end of high school there was like a big group would like play all night on Friday to Saturday nights at people's houses and stuff like that that's awesome man so do you still play today do you like are you in any campaigns or are you like all in on painting right now a uh, 99% painting I play once a year in February uh, it's got a five-year campaign right now it's, we call it econ for my friend Ethan who comes out from the East Coast and we play um, at uh, another gentleman's house. He's the DM, called e- Evil Jim, the DM. He's a guitar player for the band Incendio. Okay. And um, so I only play once a year for two to three days, 15 to 18 hour days. And that's, that's it. A part of me hates the idea of like only playing D&D once a year because, you know, my wife will tell you all, I, I would schedule every night of the week if I could. But that's kind of awesome, right? Like, so do you guys talk a lot or email and text like, in the mm-hmm. time like leading up, I assume it's like a, a big anticipation up to Huge. when you actually play. Yeah, there's six of us at the table plus the DM. Uh, we get hotels out there. It's in Southern California, but it's out like near Magic Mountain, way out there in, in the, when we play. So uh, yeah, and we lead up to it. And our characters have have big arcs and development stuff. But we play Pathfinder though, Mathfinder. Okay. So <laughs> <laughs> we play the math the Mathfinder. Um, and it's, the rules are, everything has to be painted on the table. So he just got a giant gaming table, nothing but like the latest Dwarven Forge and Kickstarters, all minis, anything on the table has to be painted, not tabletop, like high end. Uh, there's another uh, player who does uh, professional painting for Disney. He's a freelance, so he has a lot of painting skills. His miniatures are off the chain. That's crazy. Do you have, do you have any pictures of that online? Like we can uh, check that out or is that like purely within the group? Yeah. In the, um, uh, Instagram. I have a story, so those like highlights, and it's called Econ, and you can just dig through them for the years. Dude, that's what I'm doing. Like as soon as we hang up, I have to check that out. That's yeah. that's a dream. Is everything on the table painted, Dwarven Forge everywhere, just you know, living in the uh, in the miniature sets. That's awesome. Yeah, last year the upgrade was the gaming table. Everything else was always on those plastic tables, but right. it was covered with like a nice piece of felt, and it just built up. But yeah, awesome. so so, uh, so what's what's your character in this uh, this five year once a year campaign? Well, my character is uh, Nogard Blackwinter, kind of a Celtic fighter, uh, double fighter. It's not a lot of math, not a lot of everything. He just wants to hit everything and kill everything. It's really simple. I just like killing monsters. That's like my jam. I don't want to. I don't really care about the story. Don't tell Jim that. I, I, they know. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> nothing wrong there. with knowing your strength and leaning into it, right? Exactly. I just want to kill monsters and have fun. So that's what he's about. It's kind of like his character would be close to kind of like uh, Jason Mo, Momana. I think I'm saying this right. The Aquaman guy. Yeah, like yeah. That kind of like wild guy. He's just always happy. That's kind of him. That's cool. So that's yeah, awesome. that was pretty cool. Last year I played an old character just to spice it up. And this character was an elf, and it was in the same world of DM, but it was like 10 years ago I started this character. It was an elf, and he got over his head and made some packs with some, like, liches. So he went insane. I wanted to kill the character. Yeah. So I'd run into battles, and I'd, like, the DM would roll ones, and I'd roll 20s. Like, I killed an entire tribe of uh, centaurs. Like, I'm not bragging it's about a, it. I'm like, I'm trying to kill you're, this guy. You're so out there, just, like, trying to, like, suicide by cop or suicide by centaur, yeah. and you're just yeah, and wrecking just shop by accident. Yeah. 
Totally. That's awesome. So we brought him back to be kind of like a betrayer of the characters and all that. And he gets away. He always gets away. He's like that wormy character. Like right. you stand to one hit point, you can coup de gras him and you roll that one. Or he rolls something against you and he like falls overboard and swims away. He's like that that weeny wormy character right. now. So I hope I don't have to play him again. But we did it for story time and everything else. And my main character was basically he he kidnapped him with this yeah. like cult. It's it's crazy. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. Yeah. So so painting. So you said you've always been painting. Like when did you initially kind of get into art, or when did you kind of decide that that was something you wanted to devote, you know, time and attention to? I've always done it. Uh, my parents are artists. My mom was in the fashion industry. My dad was an art director for television. So I was already encouraged in my house to like be more artistic, but production artists, like not fine art or not like I'll get to it when I get to it. Like you have a deadline, you need to get this doing. So I was always kind of encouraged more production art. Um, so it would be like, I just started around, I think around maybe 15 getting real serious where I was like trying to figure out like the pewter on, on the box those remember those cardboard pewter dragon models that look like about the size of a VHS cassette right they always yeah. were printed pretty I'm like how do they paint them and you'd buy the paints and like everything would fall off because you weren't priming nothing was out there this is even pre pre AOL <laughs> so, so you could like <laughs> AOL keyword like painting minis yeah, or whatever exactly nothing so you'd always have to pick up magazines or trade and the stuff in Europe was always like they're always about 10 years ahead of us when it comes to the arts and stuff. So you'd pick up these like Spanish magazines because in Spain it's huge and in the UK it's huge. And they'd give you tips and tricks but because I wasn't reading Spanish, I didn't quite get all the gist of everything. Sure, yeah. Slowly, just slowly started building up this like, oh, this is how they do it or oh, that's how they do it. And, and then I got into Warhammer um, painting. Lots the of minis. Side of it. Lots of minis with Warhammer tons of minis tons of money to be spent <laughs> and then you think the warhammer at the time was so genius about their marketing like i thought that was basically the only game and only products and only thing out there because their magazine the white dwarf and everything right. else I'm, just like I'm, dominated the landscape really exactly yeah and then after a while you kind of figure out wait wait reaper um you know malifoy all these other at the time it was like confrontation or something yeah so when do you think you were like, oh man, you know what? I've really like nailed my my style or because when I look at what you paint now, I feel like there's a very distinct style. Like when I see you scroll across my feet, I'm like, oh yeah, that's, that's Iron Tusk. Like I immediately know it. Um, do you feel like that's something that you have zoned in or is it still kind of developing? Like, like or, or is it just kind of, uh, you know, every mini is different? All of it. I'm still developing my style. I definitely know I finally see my style where I can pick it out of a lineup really, really, really easily. Um, with that in mind, it's it's always developing. I'll see somebody, something someone does, like maybe a, a set of eyes or how they do makeup on a on a on a female miniature. I'm like, wow, that's a really cool way they did it. How they used a wash or how they thin down the paint, and I'll try to incorporate that and just build up and stylize something. So that's that's it's always developing because I don't do non-metallic metallic is because it's hard for me. Yeah. <laughs> so you instead of like having to maybe like develop that or try to get that down, which I'm always practicing, but just comes out like garbage you kind of like well if i can't do that well maybe i can make these look really good so i guess that's part of just developing your style and what you you accentuate and what you don't like hone in on sure sure so uh just like on average if you were like painting a mini like for yourself you know not a commission or whatever like how long does it take you from you know getting that piece from hero forge or wherever you get it um to like completion like how long does that take you 
Uh, it depends. If I'm powering through it, I can. And it, and it depends on the size. If it's a, let's say a normal size mini, sure, twenty four hours max. Jeez, just just for reference, I think it took me three weeks to paint my first mini. And, and I've been it was doing like, a lot of minis. That's true. That's true. I was like, I even got like a, I got the hobby light from like, you know, with like the magnifying glass. Like I was the old man in Toy Story two or something. I'm sitting there just like, come on, fuck! I painted the wrong thing. Like, come on. Um, I had so, those. I've, yeah. I've gone through like three of those, and yeah. I never used the hobby light. Like you buy yeah. all this gear, right? And you're like, I'm going to use this. I'm going to do that, and you just realize like, I don't need X, or I do need Y, like. You know, I've had like a bunch of hobby lights where you now I'm down to an LED light with different spectrums and stuff like that. Yeah. And you hone in and like this one has to have a 98% color uh, index rendering or backwards, whatever that is. So it's like more like daylight. You just kind of figure out right. what you need gear wise. Yeah. That's cool. So, um, so, so then let's jump ahead then. So obviously I, w- I would imagine your connection with Ashley is kind of how you got hooked up with Critical Role doing their first run of minis. How did that kind of come about? Actually, no. Oh, really? <laughs> totally, totally different avenue. Totally different. How that happened was there was, I think it was in 2016, International uh, Game Tabletop Day. And um, prior to that, okay, that's hard. To, the, I've always thought about this timeline because it jumps around a little, a little quantumly. So I was always painting and putting my name out there. And... Um, Somebody recommended me for Peterson's games, Pathfinder Cthulhu. So they took his Cthulhu Wars miniatures and wanted them painted to put into a book for a Pathfinder guide for all the Cthulhu and H.P. Lovecraft monsters. So I got that gig. Um, from there, that kind of led over to Geek and Sundry seeing it. And they wanted me to do their Dark Souls board game, like X amount of figures. And I had a week to turn those around. Oh, from that point... I turned them all around. I hand delivered them to the studio like like an hour before they were due, and like, uh, used to, like uh, blowing on them as it like <laughs> like trying pretty to drive much, them like, off as you were handing them off. <laughs> I was holding them in front of the uh, the the uh, air conditioner right as you drove <laughs> the, as funny. I was driving. Um, Liam O'Brien actually reached out to me and that makes me sense. Doing, me started to do some of his home campaign stuff okay. and a few things for the studio, and that's more or less how it grew. And then when my name was starting to be passed around for people that they wanted kind of on a, a semi-permanent like consulting, Ashley was like, oh, yeah, I know that dude. So it was kind of like, oh, OK, yeah, you know, a little bit of a vouch for you, like you're not some kind of nut or some kind of No, no, I found this guy on Craigslist. Like, trust me, his stuff is great, right? Like, He's no, you had an actual actual connection. Yeah. Yeah. So it kind of, it worked out in that two, two cents. So, so what's that process like? Like obviously when you're doing something for yourself, um, you're creating your own vision, you kind of know what you want for, uh, for the figure or the character. Um, and then I commission you, I, I assume you have pretty good direction. So for something, um, at the level of critical role, which even, even since campaign one has, or campaign two launched has just like blown up into a whole other stratosphere. But what was that process kind of like, um, were you interacting with everyone, kind of like figuring out, okay, what do you want for your individual mini? Did you have a pretty set guideline of art to work off of? Like, how did that process go down? So, um, Matt was the head contact person, Matt Mercer. So, um, via text, he sent me all the links to the official art that wasn't released at that time yet. You know, sworn to a blood oath of secrecy, right. and not to be leaked anywhere because I wasn't under an NDA at that time. I'm like, of course, no problem. So that was my guideline. I needed to match it. They had Hero Forge printing uh, in, I think it was brass or bronze, polished bronze. 
but they weren't they didn't 100 percent match the the photo like there were things on the photo that weren't on the miniature and vice versa sure um like yasha had um not not her feathers her big feather um shoulder pauldrons it was just right. kind of like a barbarian looking thing so you kind of had to like make what the miniature was work with the picture and get the feeling right right and quotes double quotes right so going that process it's back and forth and there's a lot of pictures hey what do you think of this what do you think of that what do you like this do you like that and then i got a text from uh, talison and he hated everything i did on molly <laughs> oh man and i was already like 90 percent done right and I'm like, okay, what do you want? And he's like, I don't want any of these symbols on here. I don't want to really, I don't want you to, them to know about this thing yet, this thing. So, it was oh, a so there was, you were kind of like spoiling some of the character stuff on, right. the, so on the mini. Right. Okay. So the art and the color and everything were done fine. It was right. the, the the calligraphy and the and the graphics and the works on the cloak that was painting that he was like, no, no, yes, no, move this, right, that. Right. And then, so there was a lot of that. Everybody else was pretty like go through Matt as long as Matt was handling it, they were right, fine with right. it. So, so quite, and you know, spoiler alerts for campaign two, if you haven't listened, uh, just, you know, mute for the next couple minutes. Um, so obviously like, like Molly has died, uh, in the, in the critical role campaign too. Um, and so some of that stuff, you know, that ship has kind of sailed on some of that secrecy stuff. Do you have sure. any photos of the, uh, you know, of, of the mini that he didn't like that, that you could ever share? Or is that just kind of like burned and off the off the page no because i don't keep that stuff it was just sure. texts back and forth yeah. it wasn't like i could not share it right it was just basically like like um just symbols and stuff yeah, like i yeah. put like you know a square here and he wanted it in a triangle there so gotcha. i had to repaint gotcha. over that or like move this there and that so it wasn't like radical in the sense of like oh totally yang and yang or totally different colors the base colors right. were there the base stripes and and diamond patterns were all there he liked all that it was not just the symbology on on the cloak he wanted change gotcha gotcha so uh so as a creator um mm -hmm. it's always great to have your stuff seen and appreciated so what was that what was that day like for you when the the show premiered that first episode you know you get called out um i assume i was not the only person who immediately went and hit up your twitter and looked at all your stuff like like what was that kind of moment of uh you know kind of like greater recognition if you will it was exciting uh, i went from having like 250 people on a twitter and maybe maybe a thousand on instagram to like my phone overheated i had to turn it off it Just was like really notification, crazy. notification, notification, notification. Yeah. It blew up with like, like it went from like, I want to say 250 to like 3000 in wow. like overnight. Yeah. And I've ne it was so much attention. It was, it was a little overwhelming. I wasn't, I wasn't prepared for that or the anger of CR fans. I didn't have Yasha yet and I got hate mail. Oh gosh. I got hate mail. What about Ashley? Don't you like Ashley? I thought you guys were friends. Like I, I can't even tell anybody. I don't even have the mini yet. It wasn't right. even printed. Oh my god! Ashley was busy doing her show. Right, like, right. Like there was all these, and that happens a lot. I think people don't remember that this is a show. It has live human beings. Right. Live outside a, of what's going on. Right. Yeah. Right. Plan A will happen, but Plan B may have to go into effect to make up for it. So. Yeah. 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 So, uh, so out of that, have you, you know, have you been able to, to get more commissions, get more gigs, kind of like, like dive even more into it? Do you, like, like, have you seen kind of a, a pre CR and post CR, you know, kind of a level of your career? Is it still kind of, you know, smooth sailing? 
uh, yeah, definitely got more attention, more things. I had people reach out who wanted like, I want you to use the same green that you used on Ford's face on my like my elf, just to right. have that connection with right. you know with the character or the actor. There's a lot of that. Um, it's tapered off right now. I think it's you know in, unless you kind of get reboosted once in a while on social media, sure, people, sure. you know, people kind of like, oh, who, what, right. flavor you know, of the month kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. When he brought the miniatures back out, because they went over once they got the uh, Steamforge ones, they had a guy in the UK do do their their second set. Amazing work. Yeah, absolutely amazing work. Those second set of minis like are amazing. Up close, so good, so good. Uh, his name is um, Matt Hart. Okay, and uh, he's so good. And uh, but getting through all that, it's just it's just a lot of work with the team, and it, yeah. it's just it's really good. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Um, so I saw you know we'll move on from Critical Role in a second, but they announced you know a new lineup of shows recently. Mm-hmm. One of which is a is a mini painting show with Will Friedle. Um Yes. And one of the things mentioned was that there would be lots of glamour shots of of your mini. So so tell us about that. You know what's going to be? Is it just the the first run of characters? Is there more stuff that you're painting for the show? It's it's the uh, Steamford version of all the characters from okay. the Mighty Nine. Um, they're they're 4K, super up close, like super up close. They use this thing called a barrel camera. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, like, if you can't see it with the naked eye, you can see it with this camera. Like it makes you feel like you're a crummy painter. Like you mentioned earlier about the Crayola. Crayola. That's right. how I felt when I was watching my stuff. I'm like. It really kind of humbles you quick. It's like too much high definition, too much, like back and Too off. much. Right. Like someone looks at your mini and goes, damn, how'd you do those eyes? It's so great. And then they look at this. You're like, that's not so good. You suck. You didn't see- <laughs> you're like, well, you're never in life going to be that close. So calm down. Calm down a little bit. I hope they use it. but And I'm not giving anything away here. There's sure. a footage I'm doing of not. And yeah. um, a fly lands on my thumb and walks around. Yeah. And the scale between the two, the camera makes everything look like it's a maquette large. Right. And then they'll pull out and then the scale gets into a perspective really fast. Mm-hmm. And the fly is still kind of walking around and stuff. So it's, we have some really cool kind of shots and stuff like that. Yeah, that's awesome. I hope we get to see yeah. that for sure. We'll have to follow up with you after the, after the episodes air. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So awesome, dude. So, so what is it, this might be a bit of a silly question from a very amateur painter, but is there a difference in your approach when you're painting, you know, kind of a standard size, like hero mini or whatever, and one of the big giant, you know, I, I've seen some of the pieces that you do on your Instagram that just look like massive. Um, is it still yes. like the same mindset or, or because you have a bare canvas to work on is it a little more free? How does that go? Uh, a little bit of both. Um, it depends if the miniatures are commissioned, you got to usually follow the artwork that they're wanting. Or, or at least get the feel, again, double quotes, of what they're looking for. Um, when the bigger stuff, if it's personal stuff, I'll just go to town and use like spray paint or airbrush and just kind of like, it's a free for all, whatever the, you know, your artistic hand, mind, your art heart takes you to and uh, has you pull up and work with. Yeah, for sure. Very cool. So what would your, um, what would your advice be to people who are, who are just getting started? You know, maybe somebody like me who's kind of frustrated by the process of their first mini and the idea of like going back to painting is like, Oh my God, how do I, how do I do that again? Like what, you know, how would, how would you encourage somebody who maybe hasn't ever even painted a mini before? Have fun with it. It's, it's, it's just a miniature. And I, and I understand the part of someone who's like, this is my miniature. I have a vision in my mind. I want it to come out good. Or I'm looking at the box art or an artist I like. And why can't I do that? You have to realize that you're looking at someone with 10, 15, 20 years of experience um, who, who can 
something that maybe you're practicing over and over again, they've practiced thousands of times longer than you have. So it's just very, not to get discouraged um, and not afraid to make mistakes. You're not afraid to experiment because the worst thing you do is you just either repaint it or pull and strip the paint off and start again. Have you ever uh, have you ever accidentally done something that then you were like, oh man, it's actually really cool, and then you start doing it more, you know, maybe like a wash went wrong, but it actually like looked good, and so you're like, oh, I'm gonna start doing that in other you know other minis. Definitely, lots of times I uh, actually inked something and uh, over an eye, and it cut out this really cool kind of shade thing. I'm like, oh, now I do it all the time. It's like my thing now. Um, I spilled wash on a miniature one time and the miniature fell over and I didn't realize it. And the way the miniature fell over, the wash got to seep into the, the recesses more. So I used gravity, which was awesome. So instead of like, you know, having it sit up and right. the wash kind of run down because it was tilted down on its back, it all fell into the pits deeper. I was like, that's done now. Now I let all my washes just hang, let gravity assist and pull them pull down even further without having them sit up. So that's awesome. Do you, uh, do you ever get requests or, or do you ever do like education or training or, or classes or anything like that for people who are, who are wanting to learn this stuff? I'm open to it, but I've never done anything like that. Uh, I'm talking to a friend. We're trying to put together like maybe a class or something, but you know, scheduling as you know. Sure. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, that would be, let me know if you ever do, cause you know, sign me up. Um, <laughs> so what would be, is there, is there like a white whale if you will, for, for like paintings or like, man, you know, there's that project that, that I want to get around to. I haven't done yet. You know, someday I'm really hoping to knock that out. Anything like that? Nothing now. There was a few like, like techniques or things of developing your own style and things like that over the years. Nothing jumps out of me now, sadly. Um, mostly it's, it's getting through commissions in a timely manner at this point. I've had to turn them off just to like, be fair to everybody else I'm working on. I'm backed until at least November yeah. and I've had people, you know, Hey, I want to get involved. I can't, it's not fair. It's not fair to people who are waiting and everybody's in real cool. And I try to give progress reports every week and stuff. Hey, this is where I'm at. This is where your project's at. It's coming down the line. You know, I apologize for the delay, but it, that's, that's the biggest challenge. That's my white whale right now is trying to have a normal job, work this job, be family and still let everybody know that they're important and they've paid for their projects and they're not forgotten. Sure. sure. Um, I think I probably know the answer to this, but if you ever had the opportunity to somehow do this full time and, you know, dump whatever the other full time job is, do you think you would do that? Would you, would you go full creative <laughs> for a while? Yes, but there's real mini burnout and that's what people get into. And if you get mini burnout and you're not wanting to come in to your office, your workspace and crank it out and work, you're going to have a problem. Because you can't just be flaky. People, sure. people have deadlines anytime, and they're waiting on you, right? Deadlines and people fade you. And they want to know that you're taking their project seriously where you're just like, eh, I just don't feel like being an artist today. They don't, people don't accept that most <laughs> most part. They don't want to wait a year and a half right, for you to right. get down to their, their mini because you didn't feel like it. Right. So uh, yeah, for a while it was. But if it was something like where I was a part of a show or something where like I got a batch of like terrain and minis and like I'm done in like a three months and it's a steady paycheck, sure. That'd be awesome. Why not? That'd be great. Yeah, totally. But it'd have to be changed. It couldn't be the same thing over and over and over again. For sure. Do you uh do do you have a different kind of vibe between like character minis and stuff like terrain? Is there one that you enjoy more than the other? Um or are they both kind of like a unique challenge that's fun to dig into? They're both unique challenges and, and I love – sometimes you're just so bored of painting minis. Like terrain is so much easier in the sense of like nobody picks up a rock you've done and like scrutinizes like look at this one cracky paint. It's, it's just terrain. It's just a visual. And I started off in terrain. Iron Tusk, Iron Tusk was terrain first. 
and I was blowing money with just super details and foam. And at the time, it wasn't quite easy to get that that fo- that that pink or blue foam that we have here in the states. Right. Um, it wasn't quite as easy to get a hold of. Now it's super easy. Um, and then someone asked about miniatures, and it just kind of grew from that point. Very cool. So you you've been playing since high school, um, yep. painting for forever. What have you noticed uh, about the community or maybe even like the social kind of perception of, of D&D, of miniature painting, like the whole thing? How would you say that's like shifted between when you started to where you are now? When I started, it was very much like still a nerd hobby. Nerds did it. More intellectual kids would do it. Um, definitely less women and, and young ladies involved. Uh, maybe more of a stigmata for them. In the sense of like it wasn't cool and girls are much more social and fans compared to boys in high school, you know. So um, now I think it's a free-for-all in a positive way. Everybody's involved. Everybody gets to play. It's a much more level playing field. It's it's part of the, the normal vernacular and pop culture. I think that's amazing. It went from obscurity to like kind of subculture and now it's part of the culture. You're like you don't play D and D, you don't play, you know, another right. game. Hmm. What's wrong with you? <laughs> right, like it turns back around. So like, like where it's like back in the day, maybe you'd be like, oh yeah, I'm going home to like paint some miniatures for this game, and people might be like, well, what the hell's that? Right like now, I would imagine that the more common response would would be like intrigue, interest, like oh, that's really cool. Like, you know, do do you ever do you ever run into you know strangers or anyone and and have to explain to them like like what you do and what's their reaction? Yeah, uh, definitely. Um, you got to kind of really explain what Dungeons and Dragons is, and they have that satanic panic if they're, you know, about forty and older. <laughs> sure, sure. You know, and anything younger, you don't have to explain it too much. And then you have to kind of explain the new way of people interacting with my parents' television, right? right. Where they have to watch live streaming or YouTube and stuff like that, and uh, just a new way of doing things and how it's more of an interactive or more of a spectator. Uh, thing where people go ahead and watch other people play and get involved in these and, and really it's fantasy you know daytime television but the new way of doing it yeah for sure so i noticed uh the other day that you also you've got a line of t-shirts right mm-hmm. and it looks like you partnered up with david paul seymour to do yes. that art is that correct so did he did he kind of do all that did you contribute on the art did you just like commission commission those shirts how'd that go down <laughs> the shirts i've sold hmm Four shirts. <laughs> I don't know. People don't like my shirts. It's okay. Um, the logo was done by James Keenan. He's a, a amazing illustrator, and I had that done. That was his idea. I just told him I wanted a boar and some kind of tentacle thing, and he came up with it, and that was awesome. Working with uh, David Paul Seymour, the I have a barbarian kind of orange one. I totally kind of put that all together, and he, he made it all work, and that was awesome. And he's, he's amazing to work with. The second one, he had it on his website and he was like, no one was kind of taking it. And I was like, ah, I could work with that. So I just kind of bought the image and then we worked back and forth. And yeah. so that's just it. So I kind of wanted to just like, it throws back to like my rock star days. Where sure, I can have yeah, like yeah. different artists and I don't have to keep to a theme. It's like, here's my doom metal. Here's my heavy metal shirt. So that was pretty cool. Well, we should get those shirts in front of more people because I think they're awesome. So uh, you know, there's, you. there's no reason they, they shouldn't be getting bought, especially, you know, with the... Um, kind of resurgence I feel like of that vibe in D&D because because you've kind of seen seen this uh 
this kind of ebb and flow, right? Where like, you know, early on there was that kind of like very like hardcore edgy imagery and then, you know, kind of post satanic panic, it got like tailed back off a lot. Um, I talked to one of my other interviews about the art and arcana book that D and D put out, uh, that the wizards of the coast put out. And it's kind of a, a great timeline of this. And now you're back here to modern day, you know, the art's kind of gotten edgy again. You've got companies like death saves or whoever, who are doing these really kind of edgy metal looking imagery and uh and that's what these shirts are and so they're pretty sweet and so uh do you have i i think it's a t public link do you have that on your social media just so we can shout that out for people to check out yeah it's on there i don't remember what it is but yeah in my bio all my bio should have it um so then click on that and go straight to the 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 t public store and they're they're there i have that and i have an old old design i have of uh hand-drawn me with like all these like hand-drawn miniatures like marching off into the into the foreground if you will my uh, brother-in-law did that one for me so it was like one of my original ones very cool so what uh you know what what does the next year look like like what do you what do you have on your plate that you can or can't talk about is it just like you said catching up on commissions do you have kind of other projects in the works it's catching up on commissions and then there's a lot of projects in the world i really can't talk too much about them um that's the best answer by the way like even (laughs) when that's not what's going on i tell people like i have a lot going on but you know i can't tell you about it it's it's a big secret yeah right it's such a like an a-hole teaser. oh i can't tell <laughs> but i can <laughs> right right i signed paperwork that like whoa shit there's a lot of money i could sue me for if i talk about this <laughs> stuff yeah i can't talk about too much um i can talk a little bit one there the undead wood that's coming out with uh, yeah, Brian Foster yeah, yeah. and ivan ivan is amazing he was the guy who recommended me for peterson games okay. without him there really wasn't any kickstart to this little career i have so sure. I, I owe everything to ivan he's great um I, the, the scenery for that I did, the, the miniatures, I did okay. half the miniatures and the other ones were done by another uh, great artist. And then I did the, the sets and the board. So when you guys see that, that's all my work. That's awesome. Like I'm, I'm, I'm like, uh, I'm like Brian, I'm a huge Deadwood fan. Um, so I'm super pumped about that show. So kind of even more exciting too, getting to, to see some of your work on it. I think, uh, that's coming out. I think mid to late October. So, so here, so. Yeah, yeah. After that, I can release like all like the behind the scene photos. Awesome. I, took, I took a ton Awesome. and then just how to, and what I did and how this worked and all that. I can release all that once that's done. Yeah. Brian was very much watch Deadwood Ian and that's my feel for this game. So I, I watched it. I power watched him and uh, I loved it. I never yeah. watched it before. Yeah. I loved it. And I got the idea of what he wanted in the tones and the colors. And we went from there. That's awesome, man. We'll be looking forward to that. Um, well, dude, I, I know for sure, uh, we'll, we'll finish up here in a second, but I know for sure I'm gonna have to follow up with you. You said in February is when econ happens, right? Yeah. So we're, yeah. we're gonna have to test, t- you'll have to give me kind of like the, the breakdown, the, uh, the follow-up to, to econ. Cause, cause like, I just, I can't even wrap my head around that. That sounds like such a fun way to play a campaign. It is. It's awesome. It's absolutely awesome. We get excited. And then by the end of it, you're so burned out. You need like a break for another year. Right. Or at least I do, but it's amazing. That's so much fun. Cool, dude. Well, hey, man, I really appreciate you joining me. Um, it has been awesome. Uh, we said at the beginning, but tell people again where they can find you on social media and check your workout. Uh, you can find me on Instagram under Iron Tusk Miniature Painting or Iron Tusk Painting under Twitter, and that's Facebook as well. Uh, under Twitter, you can find me under Painting Tusk, and uh, you can email me anytime. All my emails are there as well. It's pretty easy, Iron Tusk Miniature Painting at gmail.com, the longest name in the world. <laughs> <laughs> and and no commissions right now, but if people kind of keep their eye on your your bio, I assume you'll update once you're once you're open to taking projects again. Correct, correct. I'm looking late November, early December to maybe reopen up again. Awesome, awesome. Well, dude, thank you so much. It's been great talking to you. Look forward to uh, doing it again sometime. And uh, and yeah, have a great one. Hey, you too as well, man. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely, dude. Take care.